welcome to the Race Forward Pod. I'm your host, Lydia Igwe. Today's episode sheds some light on how organisations can use data to foster diversity and inclusion. We draw this inspiration from today's guest, an author, entrepreneur, board trustee and professor with over 20 years of experience as a management consultant. Melanie Eusebi is the founder of the Black British Business Awards and a director of strategy and consulting at Accenture. She's the author of Financial Wellness and How to Find It and a professor in leadership and management at a leading business school. Alongside her role in the BBBA Awards, Melanie was executive producer for the Women of the World Festival, a global gender equality festival involving over 2 million women from 50 cities on five continents. Given the Queen's honours and her contributions, Melanie has been profiled as one of the most influential women in the business and creative industries in the UK. Hello, Melanie. How are you? I'm very well. Lovely to be here. So thank you for having me. I'm super psyched for this episode with you because you are a woman of many talents. You wear so many hats. So it's very inspiring. And so my first question to you is about your role as Inclusion Diversity Lead at Accenture. I really want to know more about what you're doing. Oh, honestly, it's been uh, quite a roller coaster ride. So I, you know, before I used to run the Black British Business Awards, the business that I founded, and I decided that it was time for me to, you know, just move on to new things. And I had been, Accenture had worked with us for a while before that at the, at the awards. And I had conversations with several of the leaders here and they said, you know, you should join. I'm like, really? So no one really kind of knows this, but I used to be, I, I am a management consultant by trade. So I used to work for IBM and EY and you know, helping clients solve their problems is my, my thing. That's what I graduated at a university to do. And so when I joined Accenture, I started off in my original capability area. So my original area was kind of customer service, customer strategy. That was what you know I grew up doing in financial services. But then, you know, I also over the last 10 years built this, this, this platform to help organizations with their inclusion and diversity challenges. And so I started kind of working with um, my Accenture counterparts. And then finally they said, well, you know what, instead of you focusing on customer strategy, can you focus on inclusion and diversity instead? And so I've been here for the last two and a half, two years. Yes, almost at two years and a few months now leading a quite frankly an incredible team that help we help our clients with their inclusion and diversity challenges you know and particularly if you layer on George Floyd you layer on the pandemic as well they've been it's just been amazing actually that the kind of the nature the nature of work so it's a beautiful hybrid of my entrepreneurial past as well as my management consultancy past it's almost like a perfect blend really that is absolutely amazing. And let's talk about the Black British Business Awards because you set that up in 2014. Obviously it's exceptional and it's looking at celebrating performance and outstanding achievements of black professionals and business owners. What motivated you to start this? Well, I, I you know, being in kind of that business city of London world, I was seeing, I was seeing so many black role models, but then I was conscious that, you know, on TV, the news experts that were appearing on our news stations on, you know, 
that we weren't seeing black people kind of featured in different ways. We were, we were focused and featured in the same way, which was in our drama programs, maybe in our music programs, our athletic programs. And, but I knew that, wait, there's a whole lot of people here that aren't being celebrated, that aren't known. And so core for me, I may wear many hats, but they all lead down the same path. And that's the financial and economic empowerment of all. And so it wasn't just gonna be the black British awards, it was going to be the Black British Business Awards. It was going to be what we contribute to the economy as Black people, because the narrative at the time, particularly after the London riots, was that, you know, we were just, a, it was almost that we were drawn, it was that we always needed support, that we always need investment. And I wanted to actually turn the narrative around to reflect the width and the breadth and the depth of Black British talent that was actually contributing to our economy here as well as our brand externally as a country. So it's that, that was that was really it. It was more, I had a lot of friends that I saw were doing amazing things and I wanted to make sure that they were platformed. So from that, it grew into how do we help organizations really drive their diversity inclusion kind of strategies and their talent management strategies. So the attraction, the retention, the kind of the, the promotion of, of black talent and Asian talent. And it grew from there. It started with, you know, a few businesses supporting. So at, at, when I, when I stepped down as chair, then we had over, you know, 80, 85 FTSE 250 equivalent businesses that were, were sponsoring the awards. Wow. How did you sleep? I mean, <laughs> I, didn't. I didn't sleep. That was the thing. I didn't sleep, it, you know, and it's, it's a really strange one actually, because it's, you know, it's, you're an entrepreneur, right? So you, you're the business, you own the business. It takes over your whole life. And there's a whole other podcast that we could talk about um, where we could talk about just inclusion and diversity professionals and the different type of work that we do and the emotional and spiritual draw that it takes from us because I don't think I realized how much I needed to, I really need to take care of myself in order to be able to take care of some of the programs and some of the initiatives that I was, that I was taking care of. And so I didn't sleep at all. And, you know, it, it, it probably, yeah, I wouldn't advise anyone to follow the route that I did. <laughs> because I think inclusion and diversity is a different type of work. When it's one thing to do it at the side of my desk, but when you're navigating when, when you're navigating really sticky issues um, on behalf of yourself, on behalf of other underrepresented peoples, then it, you know you do have to take some time out on a regular basis to actually just practice the self-care that we preach. I'm totally with you on that one. And you are the author of Financial Wellness and How to Find It. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you so much. It just launched last week or last month. <laughs> oh, amazing. So very inspiring. What can people hope to take away from the book? So one thing, I, I, I grew up in banking and in management consultancy, so I, I made a fairly good salary, but I had no idea what to do with my money. Like I was, you know, I knew how to spend it. And especially when you make a certain <laughs> bit amount of money, especially because, you know, I like like designer handbags. But in regards to just kind of thinking forward or really understanding my worth in the marketplace as a black woman, I didn't get it. You know, I undervalued myself several times with some of the earlier jobs that I took. And I didn't know that, I didn't really understand. I was investing my time in order for me to get money. I don't think I really put that equation to like together. 
And so for me, financial wellness was, and it's all about not necessarily being wealthy and being rich, but it is understanding your relationship with money, understanding how money features in, in your life. And it's also about having the confidence to be able to search for the resources and ask people and to be able to talk about money as well. So it, it is really similar to health and wellness. Like I don't expect to be able, you know, to kind of deliver my own brain surgery. However, I do expect that when I go to the doctor, I'll be able to ask the questions and he'll be, and I'll be able to give him confidently my care <laughs> in his hands so that he can take care of me with the knowledge that he has. Because quite frankly, there was so much shame around money like so like every day I have conversations about this book and every day I'm finding out more and more women are just not comfortable speaking about things and we're comfortable speaking about you know all kinds of other things we're comfortable speaking about our vaginas our bowel movements like women quite frankly in in the blues at work we can start going really intimate real deep real quick but money was this gray black area that we didn't want to venture into in terms of how much we were paid or how much, you know, we're paying for things or for our, our services. Additionally, you know, we control the purse. We control most of the nations of the world. Women, the pur purses are controlled by women. But then most of the organizations that we buy services from are run by men. And right there you see that there is a problem. You know, so I, all of that to say is that financial wellness is it's a financial empowerment book, individual. It, I, I wrote it like I wrote it to my best friend, but it's actually for everybody who just wants to be in a healthier relationship with with their money. Oh, my God, that just sounds like what everybody needs. <laughs> I, hope, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> and so let's talk more about DE&I. I mean, what do you believe the most essential aspects are in creating a sense of belonging among employees in a company? Oh, my goodness. Like In terms of a sense of belonging, actually, one thing I'd like to say is that even though I am, you know, speaking from the lived experience of being a, a Black woman, that quite frankly, a sense of belonging and, and, and what we have to do to engage or to, to create and foster a sense of belonging in any organization is quite frankly, the same for every kind of every person, whether you are part of the protected characteristic groups that we identify in the UK, or, you know, whether it be that you are, you know, just kind of regular, regular person just walking into your workforce every day. But um, in order to create just that sense of belonging, then we do have to focus on um, the empowerment of individuals, making sure that people are communicated to and also heard, making sure that there is diversity in the workforce. And on top of that, it's also about being um, kind of purpose driven. So, you know, for our, we're client focused, client centered as, a, as, as an organization, as Accenture, that's what we do. But it's also about being kind of customer centric. It's about being having that overarching purpose that we're contributing to. We have a, a report that's just come out, um, Net Better Off and Better to Belong. And those four kind of essential people skills are what foster that sense of inclusivity. And it manifests in, in different ways for different organizations. But it is about empowering our people. And it is about that communication. It's about diversity and seeing people that look different, that you know, that are, are celebrated because of their differences. And it is about being, you know, kind of a purpose-driven, customer-centric or client-centric organization. That sounds fantastic. I mean, so when you're working with clients, are you helping them successfully involve all stakeholders in DNI activities and programs? And how do you do this as well 
essentially. Well, the thing is, is that every every organization is in a different place. So quite um, even though we do have our solutions, we have our solutions toolkit for the typical problems. But at the end of the day, every client, like I, you know, I would say like just in terms of the last 10 clients across my portfolio, then they all came to us with different problems. So for example, sometimes they are like some of the people that you've interviewed before in your podcast, where they are the inclusion and diversity lead, the chief HR officer, and they want to drive the 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 IND strategy they want to take it to another level you know take it to another level of impact and so that means that we would be helping them with a stakeholder engagement kind of plan um how do they build a business case for diversity um, in order to kind of bring other people alongside sometimes it's about inclusive leadership one thing that we're seeing in IND right now is that we are moving from uh, focusing on mentoring and sponsoring underrepresented groups and focusing on the 80% rather than the 20%. So meaning that we're looking at inclusive leadership programs. We're looking at how do leaders create that culture of, of belonging that we're speaking of. And additionally, there are other, you know, there are other kind of data as well. So as you know, like data is such a huge challenge and what gets measured gets done. And so uh, for a lot of the organizations, we're helping them in regards to how they can use their data in ways that can drive accountability and also drive impact with the initiatives that they're putting in place. So that across the board, organizations are in different places with different differing amounts of investment that they've committed to IND. And so we have a number of solutions in which we help them, uh, with which we help them drive their IND strategies. And would you say that, you know, organizations should start with data? Well, I love data. So I am biased. <laughs> and quite frankly, that's one of the ways that Accenture shines. Like we are, we are data. Like that's, that's, that's in comparison to our competitors um, out there. But I would say that all of that, before we even start speaking about data, it starts with the strategy and vision with, of the organization. And the one thing that I have to say is that one of the reasons why I chose Accenture as uh, to be able to work because it's quite tough for a DNI professional to actually find a job because you have to really be it's an authentic role and so I have to kind of for me to sell Accenture services I also need to believe in Accenture's services and, and, and the organization and the commitment starts from the top so I would say it doesn't start with data it starts from the top and so very every confidence that Julie Sweet and the commitments that she has made and our leadership has made, I can stand behind them. So I would say that data is definitely one of the foundational pillars, if not one of the primary foundational pillars, but actually it starts at the top. It starts with the strategy and vision and then that, and it trickles through to the rest of the organization. Fantastic. So you've been involved in DEI for many years, but which project are you most proud of and why? Oh man, most proud of. I am most proud of... Oh man, I'm proud of them all. But one of them, and it, and it kind of translates from my Black British Business Awards life, is the um, talent accelerators that we've created, that we've that we've that, that we have ourselves at Accenture. We have our own Black Talent Accelerator, and the reason why I'm most proud of it is because even though it's a Black Talent Accelerator, it's also um, it involves the ecosphere. So we don't just kind of train and mentor and sponsor black people what we do is involve their whole ecosphere so we involve their whole their leadership their management their people leaders their counselors and what that does is it's almost an inclusive leadership program so instead of centering 
on and, and you know mentoring and 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 sponsoring this this one underrepresented group what we're doing is actually changing the whole organization and some of the realizations that have come out in regards to just teaching leaders that about that those new lived experiences then you can see that it trickles out to the rest of the organization. And so in doing it ourselves and also in working with our clients to implement their own talent acceleration programs, those are truly my favorite because then I get to work with the young people, but then I also get to work with the leaders who quite frankly are the linchpins of an organization's IND culture. Oh, that sounds fascinating. And I must pick your brains about that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so any final words? that you would like to share with listeners just around DE&I or your book or anything really? One final thing that I would like to say about DE&I is that it is truly a capability and it needs to stop being the, the side of the desk kind of personal lived experience and move towards it being acknowledged as the capability that it is. It's a change management capability. Um, sometimes what happens is that, uh, you know, we, we're expected to do very, a lot with very small budgets. And, um, and instead, of, instead of kind of decentering it and putting it to the side of the plate, I would like it to actually be one of the primary risk factors for an organization. We're seeing organizations being exposed for all kinds of discrepancies and inaccuracies, um, kind of inauthenticities in terms of its DEI statements and how everything is functioning in the in, in the back end. And so there is a high level of risk to not be walking out your talk. So I would say that one of my um, one of the things I would like to leave people with is to 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 truly understand that DEI is a capability. It's a, it's a change management capability and it's changing some of the most, it's changing one of the most difficult elements of the human spirits, hearts and minds. And it's, 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 a, it's a journey, it's a long journey and we have to give each other grace and we have to give ourselves grace to be able to walk along that journey because it will, there's not one quick fix. It's usually a multi-pronged set of solutions that you have to apply and that means that you do need the capability there to really drive through those changes all the way from leadership all the way through to your front lines. Melanie it's been an absolute pleasure honestly thank you so much for your time and yeah definitely where can people find out more information about DE&I? Oh my goodness well you can always reach me you know honestly we're always um, loving loving new clients so if anyone needs (laughs) their DI strategies then hey melanie.usabi at accenture.com <laughs> always <laughs> and of course you can find on my website melanie.usabi for the um for the financial wellness book as well so we'll be doing some tours um i'll be doing a lot of iwd events um with some some of your large organizations as well as um some of the book festivals coming in the summertime so look out for that amazing amazing thank you so much thank you thanks so much Thank you for listening to the Race Forward Pod. I'm your host, Lydia Igwe. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast. Do visit us on social media at Race Forward Pod or visit our website, www.racefordpod.com. See you in the next episode.